This is chapter 10 of The War on Waste Paradox, read by Len Bertain. I got to work a little early on Monday morning. The classroom was open, so I went in to finish my coffee. Buck was already in the room. He was looking at the bulletin board and smiling again. When I walked over and joined him, I saw that Mr. Grimes had placed another memo on the board. It's been put over the previous one from the week before and said in big red letters, number one priority, single point of control. Buck said, man, look at this. What did I tell you? Buck took the old memo off the board and stuck it in his pocket. The classroom started to fill up, so I went back to my seat. Jim, Mr. Grimes, and Mike Day all came in and sat down. Dr. LB entered the classroom. As he put his books and paperwork on the desk, he asked, Did anyone figure out where the pump bodies were? There was a general groan from the class. Dr. Elby smiled and said, Did anybody here see Stand and Deliver? A few hands went up. You know, it's the movie about Jamie Escalante, the high school teacher in Los Angeles, who taught the Latino teenagers calculus. In the movie, he tells his students, This is easy. You already know how to do it. You go step by step. And that, my friends, is exactly how we're going to do it. Step by step. When Dr. Elby said that, I suddenly felt better about being in the class. Over the weekend, I'd thought about where the pump bodies were and how they got there. Sandy had commented to me when I worked at Osgood's and I had the weekends off. Now, she said, I was thinking about quality pumps all the time. I was spending weekends doing work. She didn't have a problem with that. She was just worried about going through another plant closure. One in a lifetime was enough. Although I thought about pump bodies all weekend, I was not able to come up with any really great solutions. I figured maybe I didn't know what I was doing yet and needed better tools. Buck raised his hand. They were at the plater. The pump bodies were at the plater. Dr. Elby asked Buck, why hadn't they been returned here as scheduled? Buck started to reply when Jim interrupted. Jim said, the problem isn't with the plater, it's with us. I asked Mike Day to come by today because we're going to have to discuss some changes in the work rules to solve this problem. I wanted him here to advise us during these discussions. The problem is pretty straightforward, and I hope we can come up with an easy solution. Jim sent someone out to fetch Mike Kane. Mike was in charge of quality control and was a key guy who checks all parts before they go to the plater. As soon as Mike came in and sat down, Jim continued. In order for us to get next day service from the plater, we have to have our material at the platers by 10 a.m., not 10.01 a.m. Sully was pretty adamant about that when I talked to him. The problem lies in the quality inspection before they are trucked to the plater. Last week when this came up, I was ready to blame Buck, but it's not his fault. The inspection has to be done before they're released to the loading dock for shipping. Ultimately, Mike Kane has many duties besides inspection. What I propose is that Mike and a helper come in an hour early to get the inspection done before the plant opens. Over the weekend, I talked this over with Dr. Elby. We both know that it's just a stopgap measure 
but we have an immediate problem now and we need to deal with it now. Hopefully, we can find a real cause of the delays and come up with a permanent solution to this problem soon. We need a solution now that will get Mike and his helper back to the regular shifts. I've asked Mike to talk about the work rules and how your contract reads. We would appreciate any, any input that you could give us. Mike Kane stood up and said, What the hell is going on here? I don't want to come in an hour early because you guys can't get your shit together. It's bullshit. Jim replied, Mike, this is only a stopgap measure for a few weeks. A couple of months at the worst. We need to do this until we can get you some help to do the inspection. Mike Kane and Mr. Grimes had known each other a long time. Mike started at Quality Pump when the plant was still downtown. Mr. Grimes got him into the machinist union and he served his apprenticeship at Quality Pump and has been employed here ever since. Mike appealed directly to Mr. Grimes. John, I don't want to do this. There must be another way to get this resolved. Just get someone else to come in early. Mr. Grimes remained seated. Although he had turned in his chair to face Mike, he said, Mike, we go back a long way. Everyone in this organization is making some kind of a sacrifice to make this change process work. And I'm asking you to do this for the company and as a favor to me. Mike grudgingly agreed and said, oh, I'll do it for a while, but I'm concerned over the work rule changes. Once the rules change, what's to keep it from becoming permanent? If this starts, when is it going to stop? There was a general murmur of agreement from the class. Mike Day walked to the front of the class. Most of you know me, but the, those of you that don't, my name is Mike Day, and I'm the business agent for your machinist local. When Jim called me the other day to talk about the work rules, I knew there would be some opposition to the changes. I've seen the effects of this training in several other local companies that have collecting, collective bargaining agreements. And I must say that after the training was completed, those place, companies were a better place to work for everyone. Many of you are aware that manufacturers with union agreements face stiff competition from not only foreign competitors, but also from other U.S. companies that either manufacture in open shops or have their plants outside the United States. You're all aware that a few months ago Osgood Manufacturing closed its plant here and shipped its equipment to Mexico. Many of the people who worked at Osgoods are no longer working as machinists. They're working at Kmart selling tools or at McDonald's flipping hamburgers. They're not making near the money that you are and forget about any health or retirement benefits. Some of you here worked at Osgoods, and I know you had a difficult time finding work that paid a decent wage. The point of all this is that Quality Pump is willing to make an investment to make this plant work. Having Dr. LB and his group come in to train you is very expensive for Mr. Grimes. Remember, you people are still being paid while you're attending this class. Mr. Grimes is paying for the other classes as well. He pays for you to attend work-related classes at the community college, and he is also paying the fees for the literacy and English as a second language ESL programs at the community college for those of you who need it. As your union president, I must tell you that union workers are in a fight for their lives. 
I don't think a few minor changes in the work rules is anything to bitch about. I'm willing to work with Mr. Grimes and Dr. LB on your behalf, but you people will have cooperate to ensure that these changes will work and that this company stays in business. Mike asked if there were any questions. He was pretty good. Everything he said was true. And I think most of the people in the class realized. As Mike Day walked towards the door, Mr. Grimes, Mike Kane, and Jim followed him. Outside, they shook hands, and Jim and Mr. Grimes returned to the classroom. Dr. Elby said, okay, now you all know. Mr. Day let the cat out of the bag. I do charge for my services. I appreciate what Mike had to say. I hope all of you realize that if you're going to do something different, either by us or by the team members, you're not being singled out. And these changes are not a punishment. All of you will be asked to make some sacrifices while the changes are taking place. Before we get too far into this problem, I would like to take a few minutes to review a te technique that I have used in the past to handle this type of situation with the truck and the plater. It can be used for other problems, but let's apply it to the truck and to the schedule. Remember the yes-no chart? Let me explain. Buck, what time is the truck supposed to leave? Buck was paying attention this time and immediately responded, at 9.30 a.m., sir. Okay, why is it supposed to leave at 9.30 a.m.? Because Sully and the other people on the truck's delivery route expect us to be there at certain times, and 9.30 a.m. is the right time for the truck to leave. Okay, so all of these other people are dependent upon the truck leaving at 9.30 a.m. on the button. Does it ever do so? Dr. Elby smiled with this question. Almost never, replied Buck. We try, but we never can. Okay, here is where the yes-no chart comes in. If something is important, then measure it. Put a chart up on the wall, Buck. Put a mark on the chart when the truck leaves late on a particular date. That way, we can measure the truck's performance. So, what is the goal of Buck's loading dock crew? Andrew, the engineer, said, We want to measure whether the truck leaves at 9.30 a.m. every day. No excuses and no blame. Just did it leave on time. I think that's what you're getting at, right? You've got that, Andrew. You got that right. Does everyone follow what we're trying to do here, Dr. Elby? was serious as he scanned the class. Good. Now all we have to do is get Buck to put the SNO chart up in his department. Let's see what other examples we can find here. After we do, let's create a yes-no chart and start keeping records. Dr. Elby continued. Jim put his hand. You know, we expe expedite an awful lot of orders through the plant. Each other order forces us to change the schedule. When we change the schedule, we pay lots of money in overtime. So I want to set up a yes-no chart to determine how many days we do have expedites. I know it's a lot, but... If we record it and post it for everyone to see, maybe we can bring that under control. I'll start today. Dr. Elby smiled. See how easy it is? Once you get a feel for it, you'll find that out. So we ha do we have any other ideas for important things we want to measure? Hands shot up. Do we have a new schedule defined for the truck? Yes or no. 
Do we have boxes to put the parts in? Yes or no. Were materials ready when setups were complete? Yes or no. Were all the proper tools ready when the job was started in the shop? Yes or no. When the answers to these questions are yes for a couple of months, they're no longer problems. The list grew quickly with everyone contributing great ideas. Dr. Elby said, I guess you people understand this. The most important part of the process is collect the data on a no-blame basis. Either the answer is yes or it is no. There are no gray areas. This bothered Buck. You mean to tell me if the truck leaves at 9.31 a.m. that I put a no there? That's pretty hard. There are always reasons for the truck being a few minutes late. Dr. Elby responded, I know, and that's why we have problems. There are always good excuses. To corollary to no blame is no excuses. In other words, Buck, you set up a rule and then you measure it with no blame. Report the facts. If it's unreasonable for the truck to leave at 9.30, then change the time. You have a goal of making sure that the truck leaves at 9.30 and not 9.31. That's pretty simple. Once you understand that, then when the truck leaves late, four or five days in a row, you'll know what to do. You set up a process to monitor the situation when the truck fails to leave on time and then proceed. Does everyone understand this? That's the end of Chapter 10, Part 1. Look forward to you seeing you in Part 2.